to the Unicorn Club Audio Journal Podcast. Today is November 17th, 2020. Come on in, cousins, and gather yourselves. Get yourself all the way together. And come on in. You know, every time I come on here, I seem to have a hiccup or something. I don't know what it is. All I've drunk so far this morning is water. It's not even 6.30 a.m. Anyhow, excuse me. If you hear me with the hiccups, pardon me. So I'm just going to get right into this podcast. I made um, the Unicorn Club announcements in a previous podcast. Um, If you care to listen to it, you can. And there's also some fruit in that podcast. Some really good, juicy, healthy fruit. So I had this dream. I don't remember much of it. I just remember the woman having an attitude. I remember riding my bike. I remember wanting to leave and sitting in the woman's car. And that's pretty much the gist of it. But when I woke up, as soon as I opened up my eyes, it was like I had revelation of the truth. And I'm thinking that it correlates with the dream that I barely even remember. And, you know, I was thinking that God works in mysterious ways. Some people call it the universe. Some people call it Mother Nature. Some people call it their dead ancestors. Um, some people have a name of a God. Whatever it is that you feel speaks to you, I want you to pay attention to it. I am Christian. I believe in God the Father, Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I do believe in earth, air, fire, and water. (laughs) So, um, I don't tell anyone to stop doing what's been working for them. Um, Because sometimes rebellion will save your ass. So, I just feel to explain what that means. I remember I was going to a church and there was a woman who was supposed to be, I guess, watching over me. And it seemed like she wanted me to idolize her. And I was thinking, no, why would I idolize you? I'm not doing that. I don't idolize no no one, actually. At that time, I didn't. Now my idol is God. So, I rebelled against what it seemed she wanted me to do. And it was a good thing I did because I started reading passages in the Bible where God, it said God was a jealous God and you can't have no other God but him. It could be sports God. It could be a money God. It could be material things are your God. It can be 
your pride is your God. It could be your spouse is your God. Whatever it is, it's an idol. God calls it an idol. And then I started reading uh, the book of Jeremiah, where it talks about idols and idol worshiping and the consequences of it. I was so glad that I rebelled against what that woman had wanted me to do, or at least how I perceived it. And I thought to myself, I dodged a bullet because I would have gotten into trouble with God had I had went with the perception that I was seeing at that time of idolizing her. I was so glad I was rebellious. So I said all of that to say sometimes rebellion can save your ass. Listen to your instincts. Listen to your intuition. If you have a gut feeling, if that's what you call it, a gut feeling, listen to it. If you have a feeling, that's what you call it, listen to it, whatever it is, listen to it. So when I woke up, I had, when I woke up from the dream, I had absolute revelation that I believe really was the interpretation of the dream that I was having. And I just laid in bed for a moment and I let the interpretation unfold. Or I let the revelation unfold. And so, hold on, try. I had a flashback of me telling someone that I speak to here and there. I said, they have dreams just like I do that manifest the same way mine does. And I said, listen, I had a dream about, you know, the guy that I am dating. And in the dream, he and I was already married. And it was a nice, beautiful day outside. And we were sitting outside on a bench in front of City Hall. And I had a journal in my hand. And he was sitting next to me. And he said to me, why are you writing that? And I said to him, it would be nice to sit back and read this 10 years from now. And whatever it was that I was writing, in my dream I didn't see it. But um, I knew instinctively that it was like short stories that was poetic about our marriage. And then I woke up. And so the interpretation of the dream, you know, City Hall is the place that you go to get your marriage license. And we were sitting in front of city hall and then i had said to him it would be good to you know look back on this 10 years from now indicating that he and i would still be together i don't know why 10 years i don't know if he would pass away you know 10 years into us being married i don't know but the bottom line was that God revealed to me in the dream that this man that I am dating, 
he approves of this man being my husband. And here's one thing that I've learned. If God does not approve of your spouse and you go ahead and you marry that person with, with God saying no, with getting a million and one red flags, you forge ahead, you're going to get consequences. You may have to deal with an abusive spouse. You may have to deal with a cheating spouse. You may have to deal with a spouse who has a gambling addiction or a drug addiction. You may have to deal with a childish spouse. It can be a, a, a molester, you know, just a, the molester of a spouse. It can be anything like that. You know, it could be anything under the sun. The Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. So if you forge your head, you're going to have an Achilles heel. It's going to be a thorn in your side that you will never be able to get rid of. Paul the Apostle in the Bible, he said, God, I have this ailment in my body. Can you remove this ailment in my body? And God said, no, it's going to stay right there because I need you to remain humble. You can Google that. I'm totally paraphrasing, but that's the gist of it. Google it. Google that Bible verse and read the whole passage. Read the whole book. So... I definitely don't want to marry somebody that God does not approve of. It's important for me to have God's approval because I need things to go right. I've had so many, you know, tough times in my life. I've experienced things that I heard the Lord say to me, you never deserved it. And I didn't. I've been through things that I didn't deserve. I've endured Bad parenting, backstabbing best friends, open heart surgery, a child that I've sacrificed my life for betraying me. Like that's, once your child betrays you, that's like the ultimate betrayal. You know, I've been abandoned, I've been rejected, I've been in foster care. I've, people have stolen from me. Like, I've had people uh, take advantage of my weaknesses. Oh, my God. I've had people using me, use me, abuse me. Like, I've had people do witchcraft on me. Like, I've endured a lot. I've endured being disrespected because men can't handle being rejected. Like, my list can go on and on and on and on and on. I've endured telling people the truth and they still thinking I'm lying. That if I tell a lie, they believe it. The most backwards thing on earth. But we live in a backwards world. I've endured some things. I've endured people telling me to do things that they would never do. Fully aware of the consequences. They're okay with me getting those consequences, but they can't get those consequences. I think that's fucked up. I've dealt with white America, you know, acting like because I'm black, I'm their gopher. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one, because I'm black, my life doesn't mean anything. And so I could put my life on the line for their comfort. That's what my life is about. For white America. 
You know how long it, it took me to realize that? And you know how I realized it? By watching a documentary on Netflix during this pandemic. I think it was the story of JFK presidency. Was, I, I remember father and son was president. And then everything just started to fall into place for me concerning white America. And I'm like, oh my God, once again, I was rebellious. And I'm like, I'm not doing that. What's the reason why you won't do it? Because see, what they did, what white America did not know is I, my black ass, done been there, done that, got the t-shirt to prove it. So you telling me to do something and I'm not seeing you do it, what's the consequences and why aren't you doing it? Why won't you do it? So the same way you're not doing it, I'm not doing it either. The same way you won't let your family members do it, I'm not going to let my family members do it either. So, but this is the image that, that the media portrays about the value of black life. That we're on this earth to accommodate white America. And if we don't want to accommodate white America, then we can go back into slavery. Things will never go back to the way that it used to be. It will never be the same. We don't have civil rights, even though the LGBTQ community have civil rights. We as black people still are fighting for civil rights. But the bottom line is we are not slaves anymore. We are business owners. We are multimillionaires. We are billionaires. We are creators and inventors. We are innovators and trailblazers. We own land and property. We created generational wealth for ourselves, for our children, and for our grandchildren. We didn't need a white America to hand us anything the way that they handed it to the Jews. We created it. We created Black Wall Street. We're in the process of creating the second Black Wall Street. And if I have it my way, God willing, I'm going to create a third Black Wall Street right in Harlem, New York. Let God grant me my wish. This is why I want to get into real estate, to be honest with you. Yes, I want my own house. Yes, I want to build my house, my second house from the ground up. I also want to create Black Wall Street right in Harlem, New York. I'm taking it back, if God willing. God willing. I'm going to put a white face in front of me and say, you, you fight for my rights. There's some white people that's all about equality. They'll do it. I'm going to need it. Because at the end of the day, this is still white America. I might not ever live to see America be equal. So I have to be realistic about things, honestly. So anyhow, I done got off into a rabbit trail once again. Let me get back to what I was originally saying. So I was saying to the girl, you know, God gave me this dream about this man, right? And approved of him being my husband. And what was interesting, the very next day, all of a sudden, 
God has been telling her things over time. And that this one particular guy is her husband. But the one that she's with now, whom she's betraying, is not her husband. And I found it interesting when she said it. And I, and I said to myself, so all this time, allegedly, you know, God gave you this revelation over time, and you had no intentions on saying anything at all. The only reason why you brought it up is because I told you God approved of the man that I'm dating to be my husband. All of a sudden, now you got one too? That's interesting. So that was a thought I had when she was talking. This morning... I had like a flashback of that conversation. And then after the flashback of that conversation, the revelation had begun. And it was like, okay, you know, she takes a lot of abuse and disrespect from men. And after a couple of days, it will seem as if Nothing happened at all. She's just, she completely forgot about the abuse within like 72 hours. And it seemed like she doesn't do anything about the abuse that she gets from men. But let it be a female. Let me be telling her a situation that I experienced with a female. And it becomes, I would have did this, I would have did that, I would have said this, I would have did that, I would have said that. This and that and that and this. No, it's, 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 I wouldn't have did that. I wouldn't have did what you did. That wouldn't have been me. You know, you hear these people, and she doesn't say this because she doesn't know to repeat it. She's never heard this metaphor before. But if she had heard this metaphor before, she would repeat it. She would repeat what she heard. People say, it's better you than me. It would never be me. You a better man than me because it wouldn't be me. You a better woman than me because it wouldn't be me. So when she says, I would have did this, I would have did that, I would have said this, I would have did that, I would have said that. That wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have did it. I wouldn't have did what you had done. It reminds me of that metaphor, better you than me. So the revelation that I got was like, okay, so you accept abuse from men, but cold day in hell before you accept abuse from women? Why is that? What she says and what she does is two completely different things. I've learned to never listen to what she said. Don't put any stock into what she says because her actions is completely different. Don't listen to that. So why is it you buck up against women but you don't buck up against men? The revelation that I got after I had woken up from the dream was that women in general is her competition. That's why she accepts abuse for men.
but she bucks up against women. Women are her competition, and the competition is about a man. That's what it's all about. So a man can abuse her, but a woman can't. Because the woman is the woman is her competition. That's why the woman can't abuse her. You know, some people have a method to their madness. That, that's one crazy chick, if you ask me. Because for me, no, I don't want anybody abusing me, male or female. Known or unknown, I don't want anybody abusing me. I'm not going to allow one pedigree to abuse me and another one to, to not abuse me. I don't want that. That's totally not the vision that I have for myself. So, whatever it was that I was dreaming about with the woman and in the car and I was riding my bike and I was ready to go, I don't know. Perhaps it has something to do with, like, movement. Like, going from a place of stagnation to a place of movement. Or maybe it could have been, like, you're moving, but you're going around in circles. Like, I was in the car, but the car never moved from its spot where it was parked at. I was riding a bike, and if I... If I'm remembering right, I I only went around the block. The place I started at was the place that I ended up at. So it could be like I'm, I'm making movements, some progress, some change, but I'm really going around in circles concerning this girl. Everything that I've learned about her is not new. Everything that I'm being reminded of about her, let me rephrase that, is not new. It's just being reiterated. All of these things was already revealed to me. I just forgot about it. She was not the female in my dream. But the female that was in my dream was really just a symbol of her. Though she don't physically have a car, it speaks of movement. Cars, buses, planes, trains, the Amtrak, a boat bus, you know, whatever it is, it's, it speaks of movement. A bike, a roller skates, a skateboard. It's all about movement. So, here's the conclusion that I came to. That she's one of the people that I need to get rid of. So I have been thinking about getting rid of every last single childish adult that I am acquainted with. Every last one of them I want to get rid of. So I'm thinking, like, I have my own daily stressors. Life comes with stress in itself. It comes with its own ups and downs. I have my own depression to deal with. I have my own anxieties to deal with. I have my own mood swings to deal with. I have my own 
goals, dreams, aspirations, visions, and plans to deal with. And to be surrounded by childish adults, it just adds pressure. And it adds pressure because they include me in things that I don't want to be included in. And half of it, they're not even aware that they're doing. Like I've had, I've got one person treating me the way that her and her daughter treats each other, even though I've never treated her the way that her daughter has treated her. I have someone who has a gripe with her mother, um, causing her to feel uh, emotionally unsafe. And so she pushes that off on my plate, unbeknownst to her. I have people that have belonging needs, and they push that off on my plate without asking me if I want their shit on my plate. They just push it on there. They're psychopaths. They don't stop to think, do she even want to be bothered with me and my emotional needs and my mental needs, my physical needs? Do she want that? What is she dealing with? They don't ask themselves, what am I dealing with? They hear me saying the type of things that I'm saying. But what happens is they forget. They don't care, which is why they forget. Matter of fact, they don't give a fuck. That's why they forget. Only thing they are concerned with is their own selfish needs. They care about themselves. What they can get, how they can get it, and who they can get it from. And a lot of the times, they come to me. And I'm tired of them. I'm tired of the burden that they come with. I'm tired of the abuse that they come with. I'm tired of the disrespect that they come with. I'm tired of the inconsideration that they come with. They don't consider me. They may not be meaning any harm, but they're causing harm. Unbeknownst to them unintentionally but when a person do a tit for tat that's intentional that's a conscious decision I've got people that take offense where none is due and instead of them being an adult and coming to me and saying this is what you did do you care to explain to me before I take it some type of way they don't do that they just stick me That's it. And I have to be the adult and bring it to the table and clear the air. If I don't, I'll just be stung until I get sick and tired of them and snap their neck. Because that's what they need, a good neck snap. Then I'll go sit down somewhere. So I just reached a point to where I had to ask myself, what do I want for myself? Unapologetically. And it's going to be unapologetic because these childish adults are unapologetic. They know that they're wrong. They know that they would never allow somebody to do to them what they do to other people. They know that. They're not stupid. And I'm not trying to be petty. I'm just trying to be an adult. What do I want unapologetically? If I have to step on some toes... To get peace and happiness, 
I'm going to take a hammer and smash their toes. Because my sanity is at stake. My peace of mind is at stake. Cold day in hell before I let my mind be the devil's playground for childish adults who don't apologize and have no intentions on apologizing for the things that they know they're wrong about. I can't expect them to initiate anything outside of immaturity. I can't expect it. It's unrealistic. So for those reasons, they have to go. And this girl who I got revelation of this morning, she's one of them. She has to go. I am aware that I may end up with one or two people tops at the end of the day. It's going to be a very lonely road. I am aware of it. The price that I'm going to pay for the loneliness is peace. It's peace. You know, I sit and I watch people gather information about me. They sit back, they watch me, they watch my pattern, they listen to what I say, they watch my actions specifically, and they just put the information that they gathered in their back pocket. And the moment I don't give them what they want, they strike. They strike me. And that's how I learn to close where I'm open. But the mere fact that they never cared enough or they were never selfless enough to say, hey, I hear you say you don't like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I've been noticing a pattern in area B. And you seem to be open right there. Close that door. Don't let the devil get a foothold in area B. Tighten that up. The mere fact that they don't do that says a lot to me. It taught me that I need to be surrounded by people whom I can feel emotionally safe with. The things that I learn about other people's traumatic experiences with their parents, with their caretakers, with the person that they were in love with, with their children, with their co-workers, whatever it is that I see in them is a mere, is a mere mirror of me. Everything comes full circle. Everything. So though I had the revelation of the girl this morning, I'm glad to have gotten that revelation about her, but it's also about me as well. Because the one thing that keeps going around in circles is me using my voice. My voice was stifled by my mother. I wasn't allowed to talk. I wasn't allowed to express myself. I wasn't allowed to say how I feel. I actually got beat into shutting up. So when it comes to women in particular, I struggle with drawing the line in the, stand, in the sand with them.
It isn't until I get sick and tired of being sick and tired and then I come and explode and snap their neck. And then they're surprised. Oh, my God. Why did she explode? Fuck you, me. Why? Are you kidding me? Are you out of your mind? But at the same time, it's my fault because I never nipped it in the bud from the very beginning. I have to take accountability for my inaction concerning the abusive and disrespectful things that people do. It's my own fault. I have to, I've been dealing with using my voice towards women for a very long time now. I keep going around in circles, like how in a dream I was on my own bike that I have in real life, uh, going around in a circle. Everything comes full circle. The very place that I started at was the very place I ended up in. I have already learned to teach people, specifically women, how to treat me. And here I am in a place again where I have to use my voice that was stifled by my mother to teach people how to treat me. I create my boundaries. I teach people what my boundaries are. If I don't say this is what my boundary is, people don't know. Oddly. To me, it's basic social skills. And the number one social skill is don't do things to other people that you don't want them to do to you. But somehow people miss that damn mark. But for me, it's a little bit deeper. Because I'm being treated like the person that traumatized these women and their trauma has absolutely nothing to do with me so I don't think there's any more thinking that I need to do um, it's more so of executing what I've already decided to do which was get rid of the childish people um, I think the only one that I want to let stay is Judas, and I've already explained why. But Judas doesn't count as the one or two people that I'll ultimately end up with. Because Judas is a betrayer. So I know that Judas will betray me. At some point in time, the devil will strike I just hope for Judah's sake that Judas does not strike when it comes to my career, my husband, or my home. Judas will get his neck snapped. So, there's two people that I've been kind of watching that um, I want to talk to and they do like counseling sessions um, one of them 
has one counseling session. I believe it's for 45 minutes or an hour. I have specific questions that I want to ask her. Um, I just hadn't decided what I want those questions to be. I know what one question will be, but I need to add a few more to the list because um, she's expensive and I want to make sure I get my money's worth. The other one is more like a combination of spirituality and purpose, how to get unstuck. And I don't know how many sessions she has. Um, I don't know what her fee is. I don't know how long each session is for. But I'm definitely going to talk to her. Um, and I'm thinking that I want to do it in January to kind of start the year off on the good foot. So, I'm going to continue to watch them for the rest of November and, and the month of December, but I'm definitely going to go with these two people and kind of get some questions answered. Um, and then I'll just kind of take it from there. So, anyhow, cousins, I hope that you have learned much and gleaned much from me. Um, if I said anything that reminds you of you, just say, ouch. And be a better you today than you were yesterday. I know sometimes the truth can hurt. It may make you angry. It may make you sad. It can make you cry. Whatever emotion that you go through, just kind of um, sit in it. Like, it, not sit in it, but acknowledge it. And, um, you know, just meditate on it. And let it go. And again, I already taught you guys in previous podcasts how to let go. All right. Until next time, cousins, I love you and shalom.